The Catholic Morning Show on Iowa Catholic Radio. With John Leonetti. That broadcast school has really paid off. Matt Wilcom. Mark Amadeo. Good morning. And Deacon Tony Valdez. Well, good morning, everyone. Welcome into One and All. It's a new week. Thanks for being with us today. It's May 22nd. Yes, it is a Monday. John Leonetti here on the Catholic Morning Show. We've got a great one in store for you today. Coming up at about 7.45 today, we're going to be talking um, to uh, Father Edward Looney. Father has been on the program before um, and always just does a great job. He's got a new book out, How They Love Mary, 28 Life-Changing Stories of Devotion to Our Lady. We're going to talk to him today all about Mary. We're still in the month of May, so if you've been uh, keeping track with us so far throughout uh, throughout this month, we have a lot of extra spots for Our Lady. And uh, boy, I don't know if there's anyone else that deserves them more than her. So we'll uh, we'll have him on today coming up uh, very quickly. Joe Stopulos, co-host of Man Up, is going to be on the show today, as well as some fascinating facts about St. Rita of Cassia, uh, one of my patron saints. St. Rita, her feast day is today. I'm just going to give that away uh, right now. But um, we're going to talk about her not only uh, for our Saint of the Day, but also uh, throughout the show today. I I, I love her uh, so much. Um, yes, one of my one of my patronesses. Uh, reading her life at an early age, I'd say about high school, was a game changer for me. Really changed my life. Um, and uh, she's very um, she's not as as known as you might think, um, which might be surprising because she has to date the most uh, miracles attributed to her of any saint in the Catholic Church, St. Rita of Cassia. So she's, she's working overtime. So I hope the church knows her. We'll, uh, we'll get to know her a little bit better on the show today. Matt Wilkham will have your news. Mark Amadeo will have your sports. We'll have your weather and your saint of the day, St. Rita. Deacon Tony, let's offer our day to our Lord. God, our Father, we offer you our day. We offer you all our thoughts, words, joys and sufferings in union with the heart of Jesus. Holy Spirit, be our guide and strength today so that we may witness to your love. Mary, Mother of Jesus in the Church, pray for us. St. Joseph, her most chaste spouse, protect us. Amen. Amen. Let's go to Matt Welcome now with your news. Thank you, John. News brought to you this morning by Ashworth Vision Clinic, providing personalized eye care for every patient from infants to senior citizens. AshworthVision.com. Good morning. I'm Matt Wilcom. Ukraine said on Sunday that its forces were still advancing around the edges of Bakhmut, aiming to encircle the ruined eastern city after Moscow congratulated the Wagner private army and Russian troops for capturing it. Bakhmut has no strategic value, according to military analysts, although Moscow has said that capturing it would be a stepping stone towards advancing deeper into the industrial region of Donbass it claims to have annexed from Ukraine. U.S. President Joe Biden said Russia had suffered more than 100,000 casualties in Bakhmut, the destruction of which Ukrainian President Volodymyr Zelensky compared to the U.S. World War II atomic bomb attack on Hiroshima in Japan. An institution has been formed in Rome to study alleged Marian apparitions and other supernatural phenomena in the Catholic Church. The International Observatory on Marian Apparitions and Mystical Phenomenon was established in April and is part of the Pontifical International Marian Academy. Its objective is to research alleged Marian apparitions and other phenomena, such as the apparent crying or bleeding of Marian statues and images, whose authenticity have not been yet declared by the competent authority. 
The new observatory will take a multidisciplinary approach to the study of Marian apparitions with scholars from the areas of sociology, culture, psychology, medicine, and theology. The observatory also has plans to provide training to media and to dioceses on how to handle alleged apparitions or other phenomena. Tiffany Tauschek, a marketing fixture in Des Moines, will be the next CEO of the Greater Des Moines Partnership. Tauschek replaces Jay Byers, who announced that he will leave the organization after 11 years as CEO to become president of Simpson College. In a news release Friday, the partnership credited Tauschek for leading a pair of five-year fundraisers, maximizing momentum 2022 and moving forward together 2027. She also assisted with fundraising for the Lauridson Skate Park in downtown Des Moines and helped craft a recent downtown development plan. And now for your sports update with Mark Amadeo. In sports on your Monday morning, yesterday the second major on the PGA Golf Championship was held and Bruce Kepka won his fifth major golf tournament by two strokes yesterday over Scotty Scheffler and Victor Hovland, who both finished second place at the Oak Hill Country Club in Rochester, New York. Yesterday's Major League Baseball scoreboard, some of the Midwest teams that were in action on Sunday. In the National League, in Philadelphia, the Phillies defeated the Chicago Cubs by the score of 2-1. to one. The Cubs now five games back of first place Milwaukee in the National League Central. And in St. Louis, the Cardinals defeated the first place Los Angeles Dodgers by the score of 10 to 5. In the American League, the Chicago White Sox defeated the Kansas City Royals by the score of 5 to 2 in Chicago. While in Los Angeles, the Los Angeles Angels defeated the first place Minnesota Twins by the score of 4 to 2. The Twins lead Detroit by three and a half games in the American League Central. And finally, in interleague play yesterday, the first-place Milwaukee Brewers defeated the uh, Tampa Bay Rays by the score of 6-4 in Tampa, Florida. The Brewers now with a one-game lead in the National League Central over Pittsburgh, while Tampa Bay in first place in the American League East. Yesterday, AAA baseball, the Iowa Cubs wrap up their series at Indianapolis. And it was the Indianapolis Indians defeating the Iowa Cubs by the score of 5-1 at Victory Field in Indianapolis, Indiana. Both teams split their series at three games each. Today, off day for the Iowa Cubs, and tomorrow night they continue their road trip with a six-game road trip at the Nashville Sounds, which is the AAA affiliate of the Milwaukee Brewers. First pitch tomorrow night at 6.30 in Nashville, Tennessee. Last night it was game three of the NBA playoffs, the Eastern Conference Finals, and the Miami Heat now of one game from advancing to the uh, NBA Finals, the Heat last night defeated the Boston Celtics 128-102. to Miami leads that best-of-seven series three games to none. Game four is tomorrow night in Miami. Tonight, it's game four of the NBA playoffs of the Western Conference Finals. The Denver Nuggets at the Los Angeles Lakers. They'll tip off at 7.30 tonight in Los Angeles. The game will be televised on ESPN. Denver leads that best-of-seven series three games to none. Yesterday afternoon, it was Game 2 of the Western Conference Finals in the National Hockey Association playoffs, and it was the Las Vegas Knights defeating the Dallas Stars by the score of 3-2 in overtime in Las Vegas. Vegas leads that best-of-seven series two games to none. Game 3 is tomorrow night in Dallas. And tonight, it's Game 3 of the Eastern Conference Finals in the National Hockey League. The Carolina Hurricanes at the Florida Panthers. They'll face off tonight at 7 o'clock 
in Sunrise, Florida, just outside Fort Lauderdale. That game will be televised on TNT. Florida leads that best of seven series two games to none. And with your Monday morning sports update on the Catholic Morning Show, I'm Mark Amadeo. Thank you, Mark. And finally, today's fun fact. This is just one of those things that makes me feel a bit old. On this day in 1980, the arcade game Pac-Man is released. The game featuring a dot-munching round yellow figure moving through a maze has become one of the best-known video games in history. It was produced by Namco. It's amazing how far we've come. Yeah. Right? How many dots we have eaten. My goodness. Or dashes. 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 Marshmallows. Still pretty ghosts. popular game not marshmallows ghosts, ghosts. Yeah. i mean I, i've still seen people on their phones playing it and everything it's a popular game it doesn't go away no it's 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 a classic not getting rid of the pac-man yeah i i uh my kids you know they love little arcade things and there's uh, one that will treat them to here in town and they've got a little one of those little machine pac-man machines so you can find dad there Okay. Most of the time. I love, I love playing Pac-Man. With it's a little fun. Pac-Man fever? Yes. Yes. It's a lot of fun over there. So, <laughs> Having a good time. 1980. Happy birthday. All so right. So what MTV went on the air? It is? Uh, yeah. Wow. 1980 they signed on. Wow. Did not know that. The either. 80s. Such a great decade. Great decade. That not, was a great way to kick it off. You For cannot Pac-Man. top the 80s. Produce some great humans. <laughs> there we go jimmy what do we got for the week uh, it's gonna be mostly sunny today a high around 80 and that temperature is just gonna keep going up this week mostly clear tonight that over and low in the mid 50s sunshine and the low 80s for tomorrow by wednesday mostly sunny and a high in the mid 80s it's 57 now at the iowa catholic radio studios 55 in Creston and marshalltown 56 in Oskaloosa and Fairfield, and support for Iowa Catholic Radio comes from Intervisions Healthcare. Their annual gala is Friday, June 1st at the Iowa Event Center in Des Moines with keynote speaker Dr. Bill Lyle and help celebrate 12 years of serving at-risk and abortion-minded patients, empowering, educating, and encouraging them to make a life choice. Learn more at IVHcare.org. That is your Pac-Man fever forecast on Iowa Catholic radio yes sir just wanted to give a shout out to our friends at saint luke the evangelist school yes where we did our live broadcast of the catholic morning show this past friday they welcomed us warmly the the longhorns and what a great community i uh, i saw pictures uh, i was under the weather so i was not feeling very well that morning but that seemed like it went great yeah deacon deacon mark campbell uh filled in did a great job there and uh it was just everything went you know, I think about as smoothly as it possibly could have. Well, you were out there beforehand preparing, making sh- tests and everything, making sure everything works. That's always pretty important, but um, it, it, it went off without a hitch. So congratulations. Well, thanks to Father Ken Halber, uh, yeah. Father Ryan Andrews as well, and uh, and, and Misty Hayde and uh, Sarah Hazel, uh, everybody there. Uh, Emily Paul Peter was on as well. Yes. Um, can't remember everybody offhand who was on the show, but... Uh, they did a fantastic job. Well, congratulations and uh, big shout out to St. Luke the Evangelist. Where are we going next? That is yet to be determined. Ah. We'll take a little bit of a break over the summer yes. and uh, and we'll we'll kind of feel it out to see where, but we're going to continue this uh, Heartland Catholic School Tour. Sounds the, good to me. Yeah, different Catholic schools in the in the listening area. All right. Sounds good to me. Congrats. Uh, breaking news out of the Vatican today, friends. They have announced, uh, according to Courtney Mayers this morning, that Pope Francis will indeed travel to Lisbon, Portugal, for World Youth Day this August um, with a visit to the Shrine of Our Lady of Fatima. 
Uh, the Holy Father is set to go August 2nd to the 6th and is scheduled to visit Fatima on August 5th. It's just about a 75-mile uh, drive from uh, Lisbon. Um, the trip will mark the 86-year-old Pope's fourth World Youth Day after taking part in the international Catholic gatherings in Panama, Poland, and Brazil. Um, it was established, as we know, in 1985 by John Paul II. The week-long celebration, it usually attracts about a uh, I mean, three, four, five, six hundred thousand people. I mean, people come all from all over. I, I um, I have never been to a World Youth Day, but I have several friends that have gone. Uh, it is, it's quite the experience, you know. It's, it's not a vacation, uh, from what I hear from them. I mean, you're camping. Um, it is, you know, wall to wall people, just absolutely everywhere. Um, and so it's, you know, you're not, you're not always comfortable, if you will. But um, nonetheless, you're spiritually fed uh, because they, they people walk away from, from World Youth Day is just absolutely on fire. Um, this was uh, delayed a year, uh, the Vatican announced, because of uh, COVID. So they are going to be having it, of course, uh, this year. Um, the theme for this year's World Youth Day is, quote, Mary arose and went with haste. So Pope Francis sent a video message to uh, people preparing to attend this year's World Youth Day, saying he is going to... Um, He's going to uh, be there. He says, uh, prepare yourselves with great enthusiasm. He says, uh, here, one grows a lot at an event like World Youth Day. So, breaking news this morning from the Vatican. The Holy Father will be in Lisbon for World Youth Day. And then is going to take a little side trip to uh, Fatima to visit Our Lady. All right, friends, when we come back, we're going to have uh, Father Edward Looney on the show today. Father Edward's a priest of the Diocese of Green Bay and author of several books. His newest, How They Love Mary, 28 Life-Changing Stories of Devotion to Our Lady. We're going to have that for you coming up right when we come back. Don't go anywhere. John Linetti here on the Catholic Morning Show. You're listening to the Catholic Morning Show on Iowa Catholic Radio. Iowa Catholic Radio is connecting listeners to Christ every day because of you. We want to say thank you and graciously ask if you'd be able to give an extra $10 a month. If you could be one of 1,000 people to increase your gift by $10 a month, it will ensure the impact of Iowa Catholic Radio and would cover over half our operational costs this year. Your monthly gift provides stability to Iowa Catholic Radio and ensures others to experience faith-filled programming daily. Make your gift now at iowacatholicradio.com. Thank you. Support for Iowa Catholic Radio comes from Caldwell Parish Funeral Home and Crematory. Caldwell Parish offers services that are unique to the individual while following the Catholic funeral rites. Caldwell Parish Funeral Home and Crematory, Des Moines' only Catholic-owned and operated funeral home. Help connect listeners to Christ. Tell a friend about Iowa Catholic Radio. Support for Iowa Catholic Radio comes from Conant Services, offering installation, maintenance, and 24-7 emergency service of all types of HVAC equipment in Des Moines and surrounding areas. Learn more at ConnetService.com. Thank you to our business partner, Big Red Q Quick Print. Family owned and operated since 1980, Big Red Q Quick Print is a full-service print shop ready to help you with all your printing needs with speed and accuracy. BigRedQ-DesMoines.com. BigRedQ-DesMoines.com. 
Join Iowa Catholic Radio and Pulse Life Advocates on the West Steps outside of the Iowa State Capitol on Saturday, June 24th at 1 p.m. for the Iowa March for Life. Hear from legislators and pro-life leaders, as well as a march around the Capitol and Supreme Court buildings with pro-life advocates from across the state. This is an opportunity to proclaim the value of all human life and advocate for the protection of life in our law. Learn more at iowacatholicradio.com. The Iowa March for Life, Saturday, June 24th, 1 p.m. at the Iowa State Capitol. Support for Iowa Catholic Radio comes from Mercy One, your expert circle of personalized care for all your health needs. With more care locations than anyone, your best life is their one purpose. Find your doctor at mercyone.org. Listen to Iowa Catholic Radio anywhere. Download the Iowa Catholic Radio app. Support for Iowa Catholic Radio is provided by Construction Professionals. Construction Professionals does remodeling and new construction. Construction Professionals is a Catholic family business built on a strong foundation. cpcustomhomes.com. Thank you, Construction Professionals, for supporting Iowa Catholic Radio. Support for Iowa Catholic Radio is provided by Paul Martin and Paul Mitchell, owners of Imogene Ingredients. Imogene Ingredients supply specialized feed ingredients for livestock and pet diets to improve maternal and young animal health in both conventional and organic production. The Catholic Morning Show on Iowa Catholic Radio. Well, happy feast day of St. Rita of Kasia. Normally I don't give the, the saint of the day away too quick, but I'm doing so today because uh, she is one of my three patron saints uh, and uh, has been for quite some time now patron of the impossible, so you see why. But I, I absolutely love her. She's got just a rip-roaring story. Um, I mean, you're talking... Hollywood blockbuster, if uh, if that thing went to the movies. There has been different, uh, you know, uh, low-budget films that have uh, taken place on her life. Um, and she's just, she's just an incredible intercessor in my life and friend. So um, we're going we're gonna to talk all things St. Rita in the second half hour today, some things you may not know. Uh, and we'll cover some of those in the Saint of the Day, but also some of those outside of it. So stick around if you can. All things St. Rita of Kashi in the second half hour. Let's go to our next guest. Uh, priest of the uh, Diocese of Green Bay, author, uh, Father Edward Looney, back on the show. Hey, Father. Hey, great to be with you, John. And I wish I could tell you a little bit about St. Rita and her Marian devotion, but she's not a saint that I've researched, so I can't do that. Ah, that's okay. That's all right. You've uh, you've researched, though, many saints. In fact, um, you've got a new book out, How They Love Mary, 28 Life-Changing Stories of Devotion to Our Lady. Are most of these saints that you cover in here? Yeah, uh, actually, so some of them are saints. Uh, for example, the very first one is the saint that we just celebrated a few weeks ago. Happens to be my birthday saint, Saint Damien of Molokai. Mm. And uh, you know, the reason why I drew him out there was because I wanted people to find their own birthday saint and to see maybe if their birthday saint had a devotion to Mary, like Saint Damien of Molokai did. So a lot are saints. Some of them are popular saints. Some of them are obscure saints. They're, they're saints that I've encountered along the way of my own spiritual journey. So some sometimes people are like, well, why didn't you include this saint? You know, he's very popular, she's very popular. I'm like, well, I just don't have a devotion or anything. Like, she didn't really merge my life. So uh, that's why I didn't include uh, that person. But then also, uh, what, what I liked to do was highlight other unknown kind of could-be saints, other people known for their holiness, like a, a Mother Abbess from Roswell, New Mexico, named Mother Mary Francis, or a Benedictine monk at Conception Abbey who had a cause for sainthood named Father Lucas Etlin. So, so it's kind of a, a potpourri of holiness. 
you you say that we could all really kind of use a little bit of a boost, right? I mean, this is this isn't just for people with quote unquote special devotion to Our Lady. This is for all Catholics. Yeah, so I think this book, How They Love Mary, is really for you know it can be for the devoted uh, Catholic who has a very strong Marian devotion already. I think by reading some of the ways that the saints were devoted to Mary, they're going to unearth new ways that they can be devoted. But I think it's also meant for anyone who maybe just wants to have a new flavor of Marian devotion in their life. I think sometimes our devotional lives maybe can become stale or stagnant, and so maybe a little refresher, seeing how Stellanus Casey read the mystical city of God or prayed a novena to the Immaculate Conception that maybe that will inspire us to do something very similar, and it will be a different take on marrying devotion for us what's uh, it? than maybe what we've been accustomed to. What's a new way of honoring Mary that might be kind of maybe outside of, of the normal scope for most Catholics? Yeah, so there's this beautiful litany of Loretto, also known as the litany of the Blessed Virgin Mary. And so, you know, I think that's probably a prayer that we don't often pray, you probably need to look it up on the Internet. You need a prayer book that has it. Um, so I, I just like that really because I've been thinking about a specific title of Mary recently. I've been writing about Mary Help of Christians for a, for a conference that I'm speaking at. And so uh, I, I think discovering some of these titles of Our Lady and then beginning to invoke those titles of Mary, too, uh, might be a, a different way of honoring her and and maybe finding a, a new title by which uh, she is a patroness for us. St. Kateri, Tekawitha, what was her devotion like? Yeah, so she's a very interesting uh, young saint, uh, and for her, she was, uh, she she became the, the patron saint of consecrated virginity, and so uh, for her, her devotion to Mary uh, was simple in, in the sense of her catechesis, but she would find a place to pray. She would put crosses on trees, for example, and uh, and they'd be able to meditate on the Passion, for example, with Our Lady. Uh, so uh, so her devotion is very simple, but yet there, there's something unique and profound about it at the same time. Of course, there's many saints throughout the years that have had really kind of mystical devotions, or excuse me, mystical uh, apparitions or experiences of Our Lady. I mean, St. Faustina comes to mind as one of those as well. Um, anything stick out for any of the saints with uh, any kind of maybe apparitions or, um, or or experiences that they had of her? Yeah, so so some of them do have those apparitions of Our Lady. And one of them that really comes to mind is, is uh, Mother Angelica. We might not think of her uh, as a visionary, you know, one who received an apparition of Our Lady or something like that. But, but she had different mystical experiences that surrounded her in her life. For example, she was a, a friend to this Rhoda Wise down in Ohio who was a stigmatist, and she experienced some pretty profound graces uh, through the intercession and the prayers of Rhoda Wise. Uh, but then also, uh, Mother Angelica, she was really, like, stricken with, with some debilitating, you know, walking issues and such. This is before her stroke. And, and there was this visionary that came uh, from Italy, and I don't know the state of the apparitions, if they've been approved or not, but, but this mystic was very convinced that she was supposed to pray with Mother Angelica. Mm. And, and so she goes to the, the studio, tells them, you know, I, I would like to pray with Mother Angelica. And Mother Angelica had this uh, interest in all things private revelation. You know, she followed some, some apparitions that aren't approved and such. She 
but uh, also she was a devotee of other approved apparitions too. But but this mystic prayed with her. They prayed the rosary, and immediately Mother Angelica, who was limping for the past several months, was now able to walk normally. And so by that prayerful experience with that mystic and. For Mother Angelica, too, she uh, was a pilgrim to many of these apparition sites. So uh, you would think, how can a cloister nun be a pilgrim? But uh, at the end of her life, she went to a few different shrines. She went to Lourdes, so they chartered a plane, took her to Lourdes. And on the same flight, she wanted to go to Akita, Japan, Mm. uh, which is an apparition. And so she ended up in Akita and there was able to, uh, I, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, meet Sister Agnes, but also just to pray in that chapel where those... Uh, mystical phenomena uh, were taking place. What was Thomas Aquinas's relationship or experience of Our Lady like? Yeah, you know, Thomas Aquinas kind of gets a bad rap sometimes for his Marian devotion, because uh, a lot of times uh, people will say, well, you know, he didn't really believe in the Immaculate Conception. And, and that that's true and not true all at the same time. He had a different theory of the Immaculate Conception, of kind of a delayed ensoulment, and so maybe there was original sin, but kind of in the split, you know, blink of an eye, you know, it was taken away or something like that. But um, so his devotion really, of course, was theological. It gives us these great uh, treatises on uh, on theology, the Summa Theologica, for example, the Summa Contra Gentiles. Uh, and so in these summaries of teaching about Christian doctrine, you know, he defends, for example, Mary's perpetual virginity. It helps us to understand her divine motherhood. So I think for him, uh, how we can approach him is when we have questions doctrinally, maybe just to look and say, well, what did St. Thomas Aquinas say? Because I often will get that question about Mary's perpetual virginity, whether it's before, during, or after, and, you know, why is it necessary that Mary had to be a virgin after the birth of Christ? And so Thomas Aquinas has a very beautiful explanation of that. So uh, I, I think that's how we can have recourse to him and his example. What's his explanation? You, you know, I wish I could uh, spout it off the top of my head, okay. and I don't have a book in front of me, I'll admit. But That's a pretty yeah, deep you know, explanation, I, Father. I, I was seeing. I was just testing you this morning on a Monday morning. Yeah, it's... I could tell you, though. I know at least one point, and one of the points is, is that, that if Mary had another child, that child would have paled in comparison to the Christ child. It would almost be as if saying that the Christ child wasn't enough. Mm. And, uh, and so... Um, so that would be one of the arguments. There are a few others as well, but um, that's the one that readily comes to mind from him. Have you been to any uh, apparition sites, approved apparition sites of Our Lady? Yeah, I think I've been to about 10, maybe 12. I have a list oh. on my phone. So, you know, I've been to the big ones like Fatima or Lourdes, uh, to the Miraculous Medal, to Knock. Uh, so, so I've made my tour. But, of course, living in Wisconsin, I'm very close to mm-hmm. the Champion Shrine. And uh, so able to be there so often. Uh, right now, I live 20 minutes from there, so wow. I can quite readily go there and pray the rosary and and just engage. Really, uh, you know, it's it's quite the blessing, and especially for your listeners in Iowa, uh, you know, where you're at, it's probably not that far of a drive, maybe five hours, yep. uh, if I had to guess. I've done it. So, uh, yeah, it's a quick trip. Make a make it and go on a pilgrimage if you have a, a pressing spiritual need or just need a a little spiritual lift it's the only approved marian apparition in the united states of america friends right champion wisconsin i mean just just about a five-hour drive away a a beautiful site the grounds uh, are really taken care of 
Uh, and when you walk in, I mean, I, when I walked in for the first time to pray, there's a big long line for confession. So I hopped in that one quick and, uh, and then just spent the time walking around the grounds and, and praying. It was just kind of a little mini retreat. I was speaking in the area, so I was, I was able to get away for about a half day, but it was awesome. I mean, right when you pull in, you just, there's just a peace there. Yeah, all over the grounds, there's that great piece. And, you know, I love the fact that you jumped in line for confession, because I think when we go to confession at a place like that, well, that properly disposes us to receive whatever graces God wants to give to us as we're visiting that place. You know, sometimes sin can prevent that. So by removing that sin in our life, well, then we're able to be more open to uh, what Our Lady and what Our Lord wants to do. How can people get your book? Yeah, it's available from Sophia Institute Press, so uh, you can always get it right from the publisher. Get it from your local Catholic bookstore in Iowa or uh, wherever you buy your Catholic books online. You can go to Divine Treasures locally here, friends. If they don't have it, they'll order it. How They Love Mary, 28 Life-Changing Stories of Devotion to Our Lady. Father Edward Looney, always knocking it out of the park, Father. Thank you. Well, thanks so much for the opportunity. Would you give us your blessing? Sure. So through the intercession of Mary, the Mother of God, the help of Christians, may you receive every grace that you might faithfully serve her Son. May Almighty God bless you, the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Father Edward, have a great week, Father. Great book, great conversation. How They Love Mary, 28 Life-Changing Stories of Devotion to Our Lady. Good stuff. Second half hour, we're going to talk to Joe Stopulus, host of Man Up, here on the show. Also, uh, we're going to be um, talking about St. Rita, all things St. Rita in the second half hour here of the show. She's my uh, patron saint, one of my three patron uh, saints, patroness of the impossible, um, just an incredible uh, woman in my life, friend, um, spiritual companion. I mean, you name it. She, she's just been there for me in a lot of instances. I'll share a couple personal stories as well in the second half hour, but today is her day. It's the feast of St. Rita of Cassia, so make sure to celebrate in a real way today. Deacon Tony, all right, we'll go to break, and then we'll come back uh, and uh, and pray. When we come back, Father uh, uh, Father Andrew right now with today's Gospel and Reflection. May 22, Monday of the seventh week of Easter, a reading from the Holy Gospel according to John. The disciples said to Jesus, Now you are talking plainly and not in any figure of speech. Now will you realize that you know everything and that you do not need to have anyone question you. Because of this, we believe that you came from God. Jesus answered them, Do you believe now? Behold, the hour is coming and has arrived, when each of you will be scattered to his own home, and you will leave me alone. But I am not alone, because the Father is with me. I have told you this so that you might have peace in me. In the world you will have trouble, but take courage, I have conquered the world. The Gospel of the Lord One of the qualities of God is omniscience, or having all knowledge, which the disciples realize about and attribute to Jesus, which is logical considering he is divine. He then seems to subtly prophesy about his passion and affirms this attribution when he relates himself to the Father. This knowledge that he has imparted assures us that despite the trouble we experience in this world, we can trust in him as its conqueror, specifically the sin and death associated with it.
Support for Iowa Catholic Radio provided by Farm Bureau agent Cindy Schulte, an authorized independent agent for Walmart Blue Cross and Blue Shield of Iowa, an independent licensee of the Blue Cross Blue Shield Association. Learn more at 515-226-2111 or cindyschulte.com. Support for Iowa Catholic Radio is provided by Dr. David Ball from Des Moines Eye Surgeons, your total eye care specialist specializing in cataracts and glaucoma care. Des Moines Eye Surgeons, 515-255-3546, dmisurgeons.com. Support for Iowa Catholic Radio comes from Deary of Ames, home of warranty forever, offering new, used, and commercial vehicles as well as service and Mopar parts. Deary of Ames is located just off of Highway 30 at the Dayton Avenue exit and online at DearyAmes.com. Support for Iowa Catholic Radio is provided by Dental Associates, addressing your smile needs and dreams. 515-225-6742, Des Moines-DentalAssociates.com. Thank you, Dental Associates, for your support of Iowa Catholic Radio. The Catholic Morning Show on Iowa Catholic Radio. Thanks for tuning in, friends. John Leonetti here in the Catholic Morning Show. All things St. Rita of Cassia, this second half hour. Deacon Tony, let's offer our day to our Lord with our morning offering. God, our Father, we offer you our day. We offer you all our thoughts, words, joys, and sufferings in union with the heart of Jesus. Holy Spirit, be our guide and strength today so that we may witness to your love. Mary, Mother of Jesus and the Church, pray for us. St. Joseph, her most chaste spouse, protect us. Amen. Amen. Let's go to Matt Welcome now with your news. Thank you, John. News brought to you this morning by Ashworth Vision Clinic, providing personalized eye care for every patient from infants to senior citizens. AshworthVision.com. Good morning. I'm Matt Welcome. Ukraine said on Sunday that its forces were still advancing around the edges of Bakhmut, aiming to encircle the ruined eastern city after Moscow congratulated the Wagner private army and Russian troops for capturing it. Bakhmut has no strategic value, according to military analysts, although Moscow has said that capturing it would be a stepping stone towards advancing deeper into the industrial region of Donbass it claims to have annexed from Ukraine. U.S. President Joe Biden said Russia had suffered more than 100,000 casualties in Bakhmut, the destruction of which Ukrainian President Volodymyr Zelensky compared to the U.S. World War II atomic bomb attack on Hiroshima in Japan. An institution has been formed in Rome to study alleged Marian apparitions and other supernatural phenomena in the Catholic Church. The International Observatory on Marian Apparitions and Mystical Phenomenon was established in April and is part of the Pontifical International Marian Academy. Its objective is to research alleged Marian apparitions and other phenomena, such as the apparent crying or bleeding of Marian statues and images whose authenticity have not yet been declared by the competent authority. The new observatory will take a multidisciplinary approach to the study of Marian apparitions with scholars from the areas of sociology, culture, psychology, medicine, and theology. The observatory also has plans to provide training to media and to dioceses on how to handle alleged apparitions or other such phenomena. It's not as if Madrid was short of world-ranking galleries with the likes of the Prado Museum, the Thyssen Bornemisa, and the Reina Sofia, among others. But next month, Spain is set to unveil what is touted as one of Europe's cultural highlights of the year with the opening in the Spanish capital of the Royal Collections Gallery. The swanky new museum will feature master paintings, tapestries, sculptures, decorative art pieces, armory, and sumptuous royal f- furniture, 
collected by Spanish monarchs over five centuries, spanning the empire's Habsburg and Bourbon dynasties. The gallery's director says bringing together such a variety of extraordinary pieces makes it something of a museum of museums. And now for your sports update with Mark Amadeo. In sports on your Monday morning, yesterday the second major on the PGA Golf Championship was held, and Brutes Kepka won his fifth major golf tournament by two strokes yesterday over Scotty Scheffler and Victor Hovland, who both finished second place at the Oak Hill Country Club in Rochester, New York. Yesterday's Major League Baseball scoreboard, some of the Midwest teams that were in action on Sunday. In the National League, in Philadelphia, the Phillies defeated the Chicago Cubs by the score of 2-1. to The Cubs now five games back of first place Milwaukee in the National League Central. And in St. Louis, the Cardinals defeated the first place Los Angeles Dodgers by the score of 10-5. to in the American League, the Chicago White Sox defeated the Kansas City Royals by the score of 5-2 in Chicago, while in Los Angeles, the Los Angeles Angels defeated the first-place Minnesota Twins by the score of 4-2. The Twins lead Detroit by three and a half games in the American League Central. And finally, in interleague play yesterday, the first-place Milwaukee Brewers defeated the uh, Tampa Bay Rays by the score of 6-4 in Tampa, Florida. The Brewers now with a one-game lead in the National League Central over Pittsburgh, while Tampa Bay in first place in the American League East. Yesterday, AAA baseball, the Iowa Cubs wrap up their series at Indianapolis, and it was the Indianapolis Indians defeating the Iowa Cubs by the score of 5-1 at Victory Field in Indianapolis, Indiana. Both teams split their series at three games each. Today, off day for the Iowa Cubs, and tomorrow night they continue their road trip with a six-game road trip at the Nashville Sounds, which is the AAA affiliate of the Milwaukee Brewers. First pitch tomorrow night at 6.30 in Nashville, Tennessee. Last night it was Game 3 of the NBA playoffs, the Eastern Conference Finals, and the Miami Heat now of one game from advancing to the uh, NBA Finals. The Heat last night defeated the Boston Celtics 128-102. to Miami leads that best of seven series, three games to none. Game four is tomorrow night in Miami. Tonight, it's game four of the NBA playoffs of the Western Conference Finals. The Denver Nuggets at the Los Angeles Lakers. They'll tip off at 7.30 tonight in Los Angeles. The game will be televised on ESPN. Denver leads that best of seven series, three games to none. Yesterday afternoon, it was game two of the Western Conference Finals in the National Hockey Association playoffs, and it was the Las Vegas Knights defeating the Dallas Stars by the score of 3-2 to two in overtime in Las Vegas. Vegas leads that best-of-seven series two games to none. Game three is tomorrow night in Dallas. And tonight, it's game three of the Eastern Conference Finals in the National Hockey League. The Carolina Hurricanes at the Florida Panthers. They'll face off tonight at 7 o'clock. In Sunrise, Florida, just outside Fort Lauderdale, that game will be televised on TNT. Florida leads that best-of-seven series two games to none. And with your Monday morning sports update on the Catholic Morning Show, I'm Mark Amadeo. Thank you, Mark. And finally, today's fun fact. Each year on May 22nd, National Maritime Day recognizes the launch of the maritime industry in the U.S. The celebration also honors America's merchant marines for their contribution and sacrifices for our country. National Maritime Day? Yeah, it was established back in 1933 by Congress uh, to celebrate the 
It was the first successful transoceanic voyage from the U.S., which took place on May 22, 1819. The steamship, the Savannah, set fail, set sail rather from Savannah, Georgia, to England. I'd love to see that ship. Yeah. Wow. Well, it was on Friday that I was able to include in my news the new 3D images that uh, have been uh, uh, brought up from the bottom of the North Atlantic of the Titanic. Mm. And so people can see much more detail, uh, you know, and not just one part of the ship, but the entire wreck site. Yeah. So that was really cool, kind of ahead of this national data. Have you ever seen those images of the Titanic next to a basic cruise ship today? I haven't. Very small. Yeah. Yeah. The Titanic. <laughs> Very small compared to those cruise ships, which well, is really incredible to think about. I have a little joke here. Yeah. What do you what do you get when you cross the Titanic with an ocean? What? About halfway. Ah. Oh. Ooh. <laughs> Just for that we need to play the wreck of the Edmund yeah, Fitzgerald. That's right. Okay. <laughs> All right. Wow. Matt Wilkham with the jokes. <laughs> Too soon? Uh. <laughs> it's going to be mostly sunny today and a high around 80. It's night, mostly clear. <laughs> Overnight, low in the mid 50s, sunshine, a high in the low 80s tomorrow. And by Wednesday, mostly sunny and a high in the mid 80s. It is 57 at the Iowa Catholic Radio Studios, 55 at Crested in Marshalltown, 56 in Oskaloosa and Fairfield. And support for Iowa Catholic Radio comes from Intervisions Healthcare. Their annual gala is Friday, June 1st at the Iowa Event Center in downtown Des Moines. With keynote speaker Dr. Bill Lyle, help celebrate 12 years of serving at-risk and abortion-minded patients, empowering, educating, and encouraging them to make a life choice. Learn more at ivhcare.org. That is your uh, maritime forecast on Iowa Catholic Radio. <laughs> Get out of that one quick. Let's go to your Saint of the Day. Saint Ahoy. This is your Saint of the Day on Iowa Catholic Radio. Well, those of you that might be struggling in difficult situations, particularly those who are struggling in their marriages, today's saint is a powerful intercessor for you. St. Rita of Cassia today was born in central Italy in 1381. As a young woman, she felt a call to the religious life, but her parents strongly objected. Instead, they arranged a marriage to a harsh and a cruel man. Though the marriage had not been Rita's idea, she preserved and tried, persevered, excuse me, and tried to make her marriage a holy one. She and her husband had two sons before he was killed in a brawl. Shortly after, Rita suffered the loss of her two sons as well. Pained by the loss of her family, she was truly loved. Rita found some consolation in her new freedom to seek a religious life. She tried to join the local Augustinian order of sisters, but they rejected her three times. A fourth time proved the charm, and Rita was admitted. As a sister, she became known in her community for her austerity, her prayerfulness, and her charity. She was devoted to the care of the sick at the monastery, and she found herself often giving marriage counseling to laypersons. At one point, Rita developed wounds on her forehead, which her fellow sisters connected to the wounds from Christ's crown of thorns. In the second half hour here, when we come back from this break, I'm going to fill in a lot of these details, because though this is kind of here... Though this is here, kind of in the uh, uh, the broad, I'm gonna I'm gonna fill in because her her life is that fascinating. But today, right now, we ask Saint Rita of Cascia to pray for us. Amen. All right. Yes. When we do come back, we're gonna fill in the details of Saint Rita of Cascia, just because her day today is just a monumental one in my own life, and and her story is so fascinating. I, I really want to share a little bit more from my heart to yours here coming up uh, right after this. John Linetti here on the Catholic Morning Show. Let's go to your diocesan minute.
You're listening to the Catholic Morning Show on Iowa Catholic Radio. Here's your news from the Diocese of Des Moines this Monday, May 22nd. I'm Anne Marie Cox. Father Bob Aubrey celebrates the anniversary of his ordination to the priesthood today. Thank you, Father, for answering your vocation call. The diocese's victim assistance advocate is Sam Porter. He's a staff member at Polk County Victim Services. He helps people who are or were minors when they were victims of abuse by the clergy through a complaint process. He also helps them seek support and counseling services. Sam can be reached at 515-286-2024 or you can go to dmdiocese.org and click on victim assistance. That's your news from the Diocese of Des Moines. I'm Anne-Marie Cox. The next Man Up West Power Lunch is Friday, June 9th, St. Francis of Assisi Parish in West Des Moines at noon with Father Daniel discussing his journey to the priesthood from Ghana to the U.S. and Des Moines. Lunch will be provided by Chick-fil-A or you're welcome to bring your own. Learn more and register at iowacatholicradio.com. Thank you to our business partner, Big Red Q Quick Print. Family owned and operated since 1980, Big Red Q Quick Print is a full service print shop ready to help you with all your printing needs with speed and accuracy. BigRedQ-DesMoines.com BigRedQ-DesMoines.com Support for Iowa Catholic Radio is provided by Construction Professionals. Construction Professionals does remodeling and new construction. Construction Professionals is a Catholic family business built on a strong foundation. cpcustomhomes.com Thank you, Construction Professionals, for supporting Iowa Catholic Radio. Support for Iowa Catholic Radio comes from CTO. Your contribution to CTO helps families send their children to our Catholic schools who otherwise could not afford it. In giving to CTO... You receive the best tax credits ever. Pledge or donate online at ctoiowa.org. ctoiowa.org. The bottom line, it's for the kids and their future. Cresta in the afternoon. With me right now is George Weigel. Ratzinger had the mind of 12 professors and the simple piety of a child making their first Holy Communion. That's a very powerful combination, and the two obviously influenced each other. At the center of that was this profound sense that it is the person of Jesus Christ, and through meeting him, we come to the church. Cresta in the afternoon, weekdays on Iowa Catholic Radio. Iowa Catholic Radio, connecting listeners to Christ every day with people like you. Hi, this is Magnus McFarlane Barrow with Mary's Meals. Thank you for listening to Iowa Catholic Radio. The Catholic Morning Show on Iowa Catholic Radio. Well, my daughter celebrated her first communion yesterday at St. Pius in Urbandale, and it was, um, boy, it was a, a big event in the Leonetti household. Um, it was just a really beautiful thing, you know, brought tears to my eyes, of course. It did the same thing for my son, Joseph, who's now 10. Um, but just, I, I, you know, it, it was one of those moments afterwards where you're just like, I love, I love the Lord. I love being Catholic. You know, I love serving him in his church. You know, because uh, here stands, you know, my daughter able to receive Jesus fully. He, he desires to give himself to her fully uh, in Holy Communion, you know, body, blood, soul and divinity. And I, I just think back to the last, you know, six to eight months of, of preparation in our household. And we do a lot of that um, a little bit through their school, St. Thomas, but um, a little bit, uh, not a little bit, a lot through us. And, and we had a lot of fun doing it as well. You know, um, nights where we just kind of uh, YouTube some some fun videos, you know, on the Eucharist. And she um, she loved a couple of those, of course, you know, but then times where we just had great discussions, 
you know, on, on our Lord, opened up the sacred scripture together. Um, and so, you know, yesterday was the culmination of that for us. And it was just a really, um, really beautiful time. So I, I was, uh, I was, I'm just kind of riding that cloud right now. That's why I say it really kind of riding that, that high, uh, in our family. Really cool. Well, today, as I said, is the, the feast of St. Rita of Kasha. And again, I, I'm getting personal here on, on, the, on the second half of the show, but uh, she's one of my patronesses, uh, saints, uh, number three, um, uh, number two, excuse me, of three that I had chosen. Um, St. Michael was number one, and then St. Rita was number two, and St. Padre Pio, number three. And I, I um, you know, people say, well, how do you get a patron saint? Well, you just declare it. <laughs> <laughs> that's really it. I mean, you, you find saints that you're close to that you, um, that you love, uh, maybe that have had an, an, an inspiring impact in your life, um, somehow. And, um, and these three saints have, uh, you know, St. Michael was my confirmation saint. Um, uh, Padre Pio again, and St. Rita were just books that I read. You know, I just picked up a random book on, on St. Rita of Kasha, a, a random book on St. Padre Pio when I didn't know anything about them. And this was, you know, early in my uh, high school days and they just read so quickly for me. You know, I, I got through them so quick and I remember reading them again, both of those books. And I read many other saints as well. Some that, you know, were in contention for patron saints, if you will. St. John Bosco was one of them. Uh, and, and I, I just, I picked them, uh, these three because, um, you know, they, they just, they stuck, you know, they've just been kind of like glue for me. And St. Rita today is, is her feast day, so it's a big day in my own spiritual life, and, and uh, I try to you know, make this day about the Lord, and, and uh, of course, in a, in a deeper way with her, uh, and ask her to, to bring me a little bit closer to the Lord. A lot of people may not know a lot about her, though, and I think it's, it's really, um, I don't know, it's, it's sad to me, because she, she is so active in the world today uh, through her intercession, in fact, she has the most miracles of any saint attributed to her, of any saint in the Catholic Church, except for Our Lady, Mother Mary. Uh, saint Rita of Kesha has the most attributed miracles, uh, and she died in, in the 1400s, you know, the latter end of the 1400s. So she's been around for a long time uh, in the, you know, it, not a, a huge amount of time, but it, it's, you know, a long time in the church. Uh, here in the second half, if you will. And I um, I don't know. She, she had a really rough life. I'll say that. A real rough life. You know, she, was, um, she, she wanted to be a, a religious sister her entire life. And her parents essentially said no. They, they, they really strongly objected to this. And, and uh, you know, in her day, of course, she didn't really have a lot of wiggle room out of that. Uh, and so they instead married her off. And they married her to what they thought was, you know, a very... Um, prestigious, uh, uh, you know, man at, you know, that was going to be able to care for her. Um, and, and they didn't marry her off thinking that it was going to turn the way that it did, but it turns out that the man that she did indeed marry was very cruel, very cruel to her. Um, and you know, it was, it was just a very, very difficult time as you can imagine for Rita. And, um, she had two boys with him, uh, her husband was strongly involved in different gangs, and it was her family that was wrapped up in that. Um, she did and was able to largely try to keep her, her sons out of that uh, lifestyle. Um, she did everything she could to, to be able to guard them away, but um, eventually uh, it, it caught up with uh, them too. I'll explain that in a second. 
Um, her, if you didn't think she had it bad with her husband, um, her mother-in-law moved in with her and she treated Rita just as, as harsh. Um, she was just hated her daughter-in-law. Uh, and, and, you know, she lived in this, she lived in this for, for many, many years. It was just a very tragic, uh, sort of uh, life, but she prayed for her husband's conversion and her mother-in-law's conversion often uh, would sacrifice, uh, constantly praying for her, her husband's conversion. And that would happen. It would happen, though, not in the way she expected. Her husband was um, out uh, on the streets, and he was attacked, um, and he was stabbed many times. But he actually made it back to the house. Uh, they, they were able to carry him back, um, where uh, his last request was to be baptized. He was a pagan. But his last request was to be baptized um, into the church. Uh, his confession was heard. Um, and he would die. His mother-in-law saw this, her mother-in-law, excuse me, his mother saw this and had a uh, conversion herself. But one night Rita was praying and she heard her two boys, overheard her two boys in the house plotting revenge against this rival family gang. And she went to bed that night, Rita did, with a simple prayer to the Lord. And that was that he would take them before they could ever commit such an atrocity against his sacred heart. Uh, And that night, uh, in their sleep, both of her sons died. Both of her sons died after she prayed that prayer. She would get the opportunity now to to be able to uh, go into a religious life. Uh, And she wanted to go into the Augustinians, but they rejected her numerous times, uh, three times actually. And the third time she would find out why. It was because the sisters were worried that there was going to be revenge on them for accepting Rita in from the rival family gangs. And both families, by the way, that Rita was uh, in with her husband, both families were still at war with one another. So this is where the patroness of impossible cases comes in. Because on the third rejection, the Augustinians told Rita that they would allow her to come into the order on only one, uh, only one reason, only one way, and that is if she could reconcile both of the warring families. An impossible task, right? Well, it would only take a year, and Rita would have both of those families uh, reconciled completely and at peace. And it was there that it is said that Augustine himself would accompany Rita to the doors of that. um, Of course, he was already dead, but he would accompany Rita to the door of that religious order. Um, It was also said that St. Nicholas would appear to her there as well. She had a a great uh, devotion to St. Nicholas. And there the sisters would let her in. And and you almost kind of think, okay, that's where the story ends. Um, I wish I had more time because that's really where the story only begins. Uh, she would have the stigmata. Uh, it would not be the stigmata of the wounds of Christ in the hands, uh, traditionally, or in the side or in the feet, but it would actually be uh, the wound, a single wound of uh, one of the thorns that the Lord would give her. So oftentimes when you see uh, an image of St. Rita, you will see her kneeling, and you'll see a crucifix with kind of a beam coming from her, uh, coming from our Lord's um, uh, crown, and it would, uh, it would be going straight to her forehead. And that wound would offer her many, many sufferings that she would indeed embrace. Um, she, she was constantly looking for sacrifices. 
for the salvation of souls, constantly looking for sacrifices for people that didn't know the Lord. She slept with a rock as her pillow on the floor. They had comfortable beds, nice beds, you know, and they had pillows. But she would take a rock from the garden and she would use that as her pillow. And that's just one instance of this woman. Um, She would die and her body uh, was found to be incorrupt. And uh, the sisters still to this day say that when a miracle is indeed through her intercession granted that her body will rise to the top of her casket and the chapel of where she's buried will be overwhelmed with the smell of roses. Still to this day, the sisters give the same accounts. And that's how they know that there is a prayer that is um, being granted through her intercession. And so I, I heard about her life uh, many years ago, and she stuck with me. And I don't know if she's going to stick with any of you, but uh, I, I just ask that you pray and ask her today to intercede for you. If you got an impossible case, you got something going on in your life that's impossible, go to St. Rita today and ask her to go to Jesus for you. Deacon Tony, let's offer our prayers to our Lord. Today we pray for our listeners, our priests and religious, souls in purgatory, and let us pray together the, the prayer of St. Michael. St. Michael, the archangel, defend us in battle. Be our safeguard against the wickedness and the snares of the devil. May God rebuke him, we humbly pray, and do thou, O Prince of the Heavenly Host, by the power of God, cast into hell Satan and all evil spirits who prowl about the world seeking the ruin of souls. Mother Mary, pray for us. St. Joseph and St. Michael, protect us. St. Rita, pray for us. And may the blessing of God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit come down upon all of us. Protect us all from evil and bring us all to his everlasting life. Amen. Amen. Thanks for tuning in today, friends. I'm John Leonetti. Be confident in Christ's mercy and his love today. The Catholic Morning Show is a production of the Iowa Catholic Radio Network. To hear this and other programs, visit iowacatholicradio.com or download the Iowa Catholic Radio app. Here in this worn and weary land where many a dream has died Like a tree planted by the water